0: good morning good afternoon or good evening depending on when you've tuned into this edition of hypnosis week live yes it's me again by birth alex William smith but better known to many of you as jonathan royal the british bad boy of hypnosis of magicalguru.com, and i am delighted to have another amazing guest on the show this week now some of you will already immediately recognize him because uh, there he is on Depends which way they decide to do it, but on one side of the screen, some of you will have quick, not perhaps not recognised him if you're in a different country, possibly, but you may have already out of eagerness and curiosity gone to the web links that will be below this video to his various websites and got the clue of who he is and then gone oh yeah i've heard of him uh whichever it is you're about to get to know him a whole bunch better He's the author of um well there's four actual books that you can immediately go on amazon and get if you type his name in he is the creator of a weight loss hypnotherapy psychological speaking therapy approach that he has called fat gnosis um, some people watching are going you can't call things like that but well, we'll see why he did shortly um, jointly with a business colleague of his, Dr. Sue Peacock he's created a thing called Hypnot antidepressant uh, most recently with a colleague called Daniel James Nightingale uh, he's just helped bring to the market the world's proper first accredited uh, totally kosher respectable, call it what you will and uh, diploma for early to mid-stage dementia using hypnotherapy so you know breaking new ground there and he does a heck of a lot of work helping other therapists just like you and me to be able to elevate their presence on social media uh in print media in media of all forms tv radio in england uh he Pretty much every week he's on some kind of national radio or TV show or in national media print. He walks the walk. He doesn't just talk the talk. Welcome to the show, Mr. Steve Miller. How are you, sir? I tell you what, what an intro. But I have to say, and
1: I will give compliments back, it is delightful to be interviewed by someone that is massively respected by me. And without doubt in my top 1% of preferred training suppliers to fill my head with new knowledge so I'm looking forward to this it should be very interesting
0: well we will see won't we the first thing I'm going to ask you is the one I ask everybody after that it will go here there and everywhere but I start with the same question every week and I finish with the same question every week so question number one is quite obviously before you became from what my research shows me a therapist in 2002 uh, you obviously prior to that weren't a therapist, we all started off with something else. What was your journey? Um, and you know, I've, I've, obviously, you openly mentioned on your website that you've gone into specializing in weight loss, um, uh, yeah. weight yeah. management, call it what you will, because you yourself had a weight battle and lost four stone. But what was your actual journey that brought you into the hypnotherapy world? Well, the the first
1: part really is suffering with panic attacks and anxiety, where I went to see someone. um, I I think I was 28, something like that. And uh, I went to see someone in Sutton Coldfield. In those days, it cost me 25 quid. And I have to say, he was really good. The poor bloke's probably dead now, to be honest. But it was really good. And he helped me significantly. And I always remember it because I was going to have a wisdom tooth extraction and I was really nervous about it. And it was creating all sorts of anxiety. So I went to him and I was blown away, really, with the experience. So I thought to myself, "Do you know what? I want a bit of that. So I, uh, I decided to train in it. I mean, but but as well as that, you know, the jobs I've had, I've stopped the shoals in a supermarket. I've been a red coat at Butlins where All I, right. I do you know what? I loved those days in Skegness because I didn't know what bed I was getting out of because I was such a hottie. Darling, I was such a hottie, honestly. And then uh, and then my career built up and I went into the world of commercial selling and, and customer service, but then transferred over to um, the world of HR, but then got bored working for other people and then it all took off really with my own business and as you say i left school with really jack shit and then went on to to, to write four books that got book deals and uh, and i've done all right you know And a tv show in this country and in uh holland as well uh, so it's been i've you know
0: i'm, I'm quite pleased with what i've achieved hmm. well yeah i mean it's that it, it, your tv show in england uh, fat families for those people at home it was called on Sky TV there were two series of that first went out in 2010 and if you go on YouTube and type in Steve Miller fat families there some people have uploaded actually full episodes but there's loads of clips as well and i would also advise you to type in just Steve Miller weight loss uh, or Steve Miller weight loss expert in YouTube and watch some of the television interviews that Steve has done because if you don't know, it doesn't matter really where you are in the world, you probably will have heard of Simon Cowell uh, and he's Got Talent um, format. So America's Got Talent, Britain's Got Talent or whatever country you're in has got talent. You've probably heard of Simon Cowell, the outspoken George who on things like American Idol and Pop. Uh, yeah, the, uh, X Factor, you know, when reviewing the acts would say things like that was a musical equivalent of food poisoning and other such um biting insults well steve has been in the past dubbed by british media as the simon cowell of weight loss hypnotherapy um was that something you did on purpose was it a a a conscious marketing strategy or are you just a bitchy queen no i
1: think i i it, it It certainly weren't on purpose, but I will tell you the honest story because I'm always transparent. I am myself Mm -hmm. and I am me. And I think my working class roots are what they are. You know, a space, a shovel. I can't stand theoretical bullshit without practical application. I cannot be doing with two-faced people. I cannot be doing where people try and make simple things complicated. So I say it quite plainly. But but um, there, was, there was an article that was written in the Daily Mirror where I said to the journalist, I said, I suppose I'm a little bit like the of Simon Cowell of, of the Slimming World. And she liked it. And um, I'm probably a bit more common than he is, though, because I swear more. Do you know what I mean? But, but uh, that, that just happened. And then other people were calling me the Gordon Ramsay, because I swear, the Gordon Ramsay of lifestyle gurus. Do you know what, though? And, and you'll know this, Alex, with your background. 10 15 years on i don't really give a toss what they call me
0: no but it has helped yeah but yeah you don't now because you're firmly established but let's be honest it's things like that that have got you to the point where you are it's practically sometimes it's more than once a week but generally speaking there isn't really a week goes by where you're Mm. not on some radio show or some tv show or quoted in some national magazine or newspaper which is quite phenomenal really um there's very few i know
1: And, and and people say to me you know did you court the media and that sort of thing and i've got two things to say number one i think the media courted me and secondly because of my opinions and secondly did i court the media Potentially I did, why? Because I want to get my opinions out there, first and foremost. And secondly, does it help me in the business world? Of course it does. So I'd be saying to anyone watching this uh, this interview is that if you've got personality, if you have got differentiation, if you have got something to offer people and it comes from a decent place of your heart, then go for it. You know, why hold back? And I remember saying to you some time ago, you know, and some a lot of people will not like your views. And I've always said hated is rated anyway. You know, if you're hated, at least you're rated and all of that sort of thing so i say to people if you've got an opinion no matter how unpopular it is as long as you're true to that opinion and you have conviction get your mouth out there and share it yeah but at the same time showcase your talent as well those two things are important
0: Is there slightly an element of you missed the kind of attention you get from an audience like you would have had when you were working as the blue court, red court?
1: Do I like attention? Of course, I fucking like attention. Everybody does. Everybody. It's a natural human instinct to want to be stroked. You only have to look at the work of transactional analysis, for example, to to understand that people like to be stroked in different different ways. Um, I think a lot of people out there in our world think that, oh, he's just doing it for attention. Often they're wrong. Sometimes they might be right. But, you know, it is what it is. And so if they think I'm doing it for attention, I say, OK, fair enough, but get over it and move on. You know, what's the point? But do I like attention? Every bugger likes attention. That's why we do what we do. Hypnotherapy, the client wants attention. They want the, as you've always said, they want to be, and, and tell me if what i miss out. loved, appreciated, wanted, um, adored, all of those things that you teach on your training yeah. course. Loved, wanted, needed, appreciated, cared for, cherished and valued absolutely and every human being needs that and wants that and I remember doing your course on day one you start with that sort of stuff and it sticks with me completely in the therapeutic world now completely and really uh, I mean I'm going off subject a bit but it doesn't really matter what you do to some degree as long as it's ethical and safe because as Mm -hmm. long as you're meeting those needs that you've described in terms of adored wanted appreciated loved blah, blah 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 they'll
0: get the result they should get the result. Now here's the thing. I, I mean, generally speaking, obviously I agree with you. You know, I, you 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 know because you've been on a course with me. You know because I, I you know I've looked at your stuff. We 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 discussed things. We worked on things together. So obviously some of these questions, I'm not playing thick. I'm doing it on purpose for the benefit of the people at home. Yeah. Um, but how important do you think it is? Could or rather, are you consciously aware of it becoming easier for you? with your clients the more high profile you became with regular media appearances as opposed to what it was before you had that perception mm. i think there is no doubt that status helps
1: i think that people when i see them i i don't work with clients as much as i used to because it's all online mainly but i would say that to some degree the result is more in the bag the more status you build so there is that perception especially for weight loss that oh he's really good because look at the results he gets sort of thing and there is no doubt that sort of status brings me a bit of a halo effect I guess even though I don't really think about it to be honest I don't but do I do I think it's helped me get results in the bag in the past with the clients I've worked for as the status is increased yes I just think it's I think it's helped I don't think it's I don't don't think it's worked 100 percent But I think it's contributed to getting the results.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, part of that in terms of people who perhaps haven't yet got themselves in the media and stuff is to provide what is termed social proof evidence. Well, I mean, the thing is, and I know you all agree with me on
1: this. There is in the in the therapy world in particular, a lot of bullshit, a lot of. What I call the Jackanory, they are like evangelists of Jackanory because they say this, say that, say they say the other. So they, they can make people walk on water. Then when you say, well, show me real people with real results, they don't really have much to show, if I'm honest. And don't get me wrong, there are a lot of people that do have that level of social proof. But there is a lot of hot air. There really is a lot of hot air. I could never, ever go on national television talking about weight loss and how to do it with Eamon Holmes and Ruth, for example, if I hadn't got a string of people that I've helped uh, lose a lot of weight. I just wouldn't have the confidence. So social proof is critical. And without a doubt, social proof used the right way can bring in the clients as well, you know.
0: And you've got you've got to look if you look on Google and type in Steve Miller uh, tells Eamon Horns he needs to lose weight. Or I think the phrase was something like you could do with losing a few pounds. No, I you told see. him he's too
1: fat. I told him he's, too fat. he's a lovely chap is Eamon. Right? Is. I really, genuinely, really like him. I've got to know him quite well. Is too fat. Well, he was then. I don't know. I don't know what the latest is, but he was too fat. So I told him he was too fat. And I said, you are a heart attack waiting to happen. And don't get me wrong. I still struggle. It's a daily challenge for me with my weight, you know, to keep it off and keep it, keep it reasonable. Um, It is a challenge. And I get that. But yeah, why why do we live in this world where we're wrapping it up so much? As long as it's coming from a good place with a reasonable sensitivity, what's wrong with the world fat, word fat? And in your intro, you mentioned the word fatnosis, and you mm. know ooh, what what sort of reaction will that be? You know, back then people were saying to me, some people were saying, they were saying to me, why don't you call it slimnosis? And I said because from a hypnotic point of view, it will not hit the emotion. Yeah. And, and they didn't get it. They didn't get it. More people get fat now. The public on the whole love it because it has a sense of humour. It's very direct. It's very practical. And the hypnosis isn't let's all relax and pretend we're walking in a meadow with no sandals on, looking into a mirror and suddenly you're slim. You know, it's about really what I'm going to call uh, hypnosis with authority. Mm-hmm. You know, that stuff like you do when you you did about you. Do, I mean, I've seen you, for example, do anxiety hypnosis, really kind of dominant where I can't remember the technique, Alex, but it's kind of where you get all oh, that crap is coming out your arm. And oh, yeah. That, you and pat- I've
0: seen all the negative feelings, hey. thoughts, emotions, triggers and ideas, anything connected. Your unconscious mind just allows it all to go into the arm. now and then, yeah, but much I'm not going to shout because we're on a computer. It'll deafen people. But, yeah, proper. And now it's different. And when I tap you on the hand, everything, you know, the arm will go limp and loose. And that just lets go now yeah, of all but, that. And my belief, you see, is, is that's what people want.
1: They don't want some gentle, you know, cardigan-wearing, sit with a cat <laughs> in the therapy room gentle facilitator that's going to take you through the meadow they want it strong if they're anxious they want it gone and they want it i'm shouting but they want it All gone right. now yeah like you illustrated with that technique i use that technique it is brilliant
0: so now and i am asking this on purpose because i do have my own view and this is this one isn't devil's advocate i genuinely believe this gives you an advantage with weight loss as a male um personally i think for weight loss the the largest number of clients tend to be female i am right. stereotyping i know Absolutely. there's men that do go to therapists, but generally speaking it tends to be more the female that goes and therefore generally speaking it, it might it just maybe a self-limiting belief therapist at home will probably try and say and maybe it is uh or maybe it should you watching yes own cognitive dissonance not allowing you to accept the truth of what i'm about to say which is that i believe that a woman is more likely to listen to a female therapist or a quite flamboyantly gay male as that will feel less threatening and insulting to them especially with the kind of provocative approach that you use you're kind of gay shaming me (laughs)
1: I think I have to say, first of all, can I thank you for being direct with an open with a question like that? Because often people are too nervous to ask me that sort of thing. Can I say that you are more or less 100 percent spot on, 100 percent spot on. And I I agree with you. But but there are males out there that can do it that are not gay. So -hmm. if you take some if you take, for example, Wayne Durana, who Yes, but he
0: naturally can because he's very theatrical of a performer.
1: Yes, yes. I, and I get that. I totally get that. He is. But he's not gay. No. But he can do it. So what I would say is I think that you're correct in the main, but I think there are some exceptions of men that are like Wayne, that have that kind of flamboyance and natural charisma, that um, that can do it with women. Yeah. Mm. It's a, re- it's a good question, and it's one, actually, that, in all seriousness, is asked of me one-to-one by people when they get to know me. And I think they have a valid point, because fatnosis does have a flamboyance. fatnosis does have a charisma, and I would say that, actually... Experience now says to me that 90 95% of hypnotherapists would be useless at trying to be a practitioner for fat Unfortunately,
0: 95% of hypnotherapists would be useless trying to be hypnotherapists. And again,
1: Alex, I 100% agree with you. And it's probably one of the reasons that. Uh, by some people, not everybody by far, by some people, we're not very liked because we do actually give an opinion that isn't always hearts and flowers. And, you know, the the reality is that a lot of people that are hypnotherapists could not inspire the thirsty to drink water. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's sad,
1: but true. It really is. I know it is. Uh- and by the way, I am gonna give you a little promo here because I would say to anyone watching this, and by the way, you lot, he hasn't told me to say this before any of you cr- crack on, he has, because he hasn't. Mm. Your co- everyone should do your course because it, it delivers that sort of reality. It de- Your course delivered in 48 hours, what some courses have not delivered in a year. And it gives you that reality and perspective of what hypnosis really is to me, right? But also that kind of you help to facilitate the showmanship and confidence in people to be more slightly flamboyant with it you know um so so i am gonna say that and anyone watching this should do your course i've I've always said that anyway and no matter what crap people come out with you know oh he's not a real doctor no he's not he shouldn't call himself that i don't really care what i do know is that you're a very very hot talent in this in this uh in this so-called profession
0: oh thank you um let's get back to you which okay um no, i lost where i was on my notes No, oh it's okay there we can go. you I- take
1: compliments alex can you take comp- i know it's like turning the tile the the thing and i'm asking you a question here but you always get embarrassed when i ask you a question like oh, give you praise uh, well,
0: yeah i don't know just um I have no I, doubts in my own abilities and in fact I would quite happily shout them from the mountaintops but when someone turns around
1: to you yeah. and says wow do you know what how, do you know how great you are how good you are what you the knowledge you impart in people how you're this encyclopedia I've always noticed you're very you see I don't think people see that how sensitive you are as well
0: no no shall I turn that right, back to you <laughs> <No>. <laughs> You were saying about delivering value now i this is an interesting one because uh i'm going off a one we'll keep going back we'll go around in yeah. circles it'll all come together you uh it, it's a few years ago now uh messaged me and you you went Have you got any ideas i need to set up a, a, an association so i can keep an eye on me weight loss hypnotherapist and that and we bounced ideas together and you eventually set up the association of weight loss hypnotherapists and I am openly known viewers who know any of my stuff will know that I say do not go wasting money on joining uh, glorified boys clubs because you will get no real worth or value out of it they claim to be able to get you cheaper insurance but the truth is I can get members of my boot camp insurance just as cheap sometimes cheaper um, the claim that you will get clients because people won't believe you're credible without. Well, if that's the case, why the frig have I been in business for 30 years and my students who are in the boys clubs do that? But I do, and it's not because I know Steve, I do say to people that if you're going to do weight loss hypnotherapy, a bit pointless otherwise, but if you're going to do weight loss hypnotherapy, it's worth joining the Association of Weight Loss Hypnotherapists, link below, because you will get one massive value and that is however however yeah. mm. i closed it down did you i well, did well, there you go on well, the way outside still and... <laughs>
1: this is great i love natural interviews and the reason for that was well there was a few reasons but predominantly number one mm. the people that were joining it really not not all but and the inquiries that were coming in that didn't join it, I didn't really have faith in, if I'm totally honest. Okay. And I didn't really want an association that was packed full of people that were not particularly great, if I'm honest, in my opinion. So uh, that's one of the key reasons that I decided just to abolish it. Um from the perspective of anybody, and now it's just for those that have trained as a fat gnosis licensed practitioner, which actually I've even narrowed that down now because to train as a fat gnosis practitioner, it's now all one to one. I don't do it in a group anymore because I want okay. the control yeah. yeah so so and it's really interesting when you talk about associations about the the boys clubs and whatever I've always had a mixed view on it to be quite honest with you um first of all, do do they correlate to competence? No. That That's a key thing for me. Mm. Absolutely not, based on my observation. Number two, do we need them? I think it would be nice to have something, but I'm just not convinced that the, 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 the problem I have is if you are a member of an association that barks about you know credibility and status and all of it all being ethical and all that you've you've got to be really good you've got to be good at what you do and a lot aren't a lot aren't and that's why i'm not i'm not particularly enthused so much now really and that's that's why i did close it down yes i could be making money from it of course i could sell it around the world and market it hard but actually oh I, 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 it wouldn't feel it wouldn't fit right because a lot not all but a lot of the people joining it would be completely incompetent
0: well, they would help put, in fact some would help people put weight on never mind. yeah sad but true with that in mind then what i was about to say which clearly now no longer it's relevant to the association of weight loss hypnotherapists unless you do the fat gnosis training Mm. details there will be a link below to fat gnosis uh but you obviously need to be accepted because not everybody will be accepted from what steve just said but the point i was going to make is that were you to be accepted reframe it to the fat gnosis were you to be lucky enough to be accepted to do the training and then lucky enough to finally get licensed and certified because it's not just a you've done it and you get your bit of paper mm. Steve's made it quite clear you've got to be meet standards then the value you will get is not so much what you learn during fat gnosis. although that's valuable obviously is what Steve does and what his licensed practitioners are doing um but the truth is all those elements you could you could in theory get from different books if you had a bit of nels yes. and study Steve's style online yes, yeah, but yeah. your massive value would be saving time getting the structures that work in the real world but more importantly than that fat gnosis tap it into google tap it into uh youtube type in steve miller into youtube steve miller weight loss because they would do you know even if you yourself were to do the fat uh, course pass it you would within your marketing materials obviously include steve's name trained with Steve Miller, founder of Fat Gnosis. So it would show up on your website. It's in your press releases. And those journalists in your local area and then also nationally would, if they they would have already heard of Steve, but if they hadn't, they tap it in Google and go, oh, it's him, we recognise the fact. And it would actually make your job easier to get publicity. And that's the value because, as I said before, practically every week, whether it's a radio show, a TV show, a newspaper or magazine article or a combination of them some weeks – um every time steve's in the newspaper plugging fat nurses, anyone who is a licensed practitioner is benefiting because they can jump on board and use that publicity as well to push to get clients for themselves so when it was the association of weight loss hypnotherapists generally i used to say this is the only one i'll recommend people to join because you actually got that value yes and,
1: and you're right that it really it was a badge for marketing yeah it was and and you know w- when you think about different associations and I'm a member of one uh, which I'll, I won't talk about but you know it is all about what you get from them and and for me it's a badge of marketing it's a badge for marketing uh, because I don't really see any other kind of ju- durable if that's the right word solid benefit Mm. that is received but i get i get it from a a marketing point of view you know that that you're a member of an association that is well respected they tell themselves they're well respected well exactly Uh, the
0: truth is other than other than the odd newspaper article where they might write up oh i would suggest you only go to a therapist if they're a member of this generally speaking the general public hasn't got a clue they don't really
1: care either. Though. No, exactly. A lot of people don't really care. What people what people care about is this is my th- this is a person on the street. This is my problem. Are you any good? When can you fix it? And how much do you charge you me? That's it. They don't care about anything else. Yeah. Now, the the bit where it's are you any good is massive. I'm in agreement. The social proof social proof keeps my business going massively because. I've proved I can do it. I've proved I deliver. I'm not saying I'm 100% perfect. I'm not. I do make mistakes. I do have, inverted commas, those failures, right? But generally speaking, I do okay. And that's what the public are bothered about. They're not bothered about, you know, what, where did you do your diploma and where what membership of this are you in? They don't really care, to mm. be honest. So actually associations i wouldn't say abandon them or whatever i'd just say to people look into them you know look into them and think to yourself what are you getting what is it that they're going to deliver for you that's going to help you market you number one but also give you a distinct credibility
0: yeah um and if it is just because it makes you feel i think a lot of therapists sorry am going to insult some people out there but who are uh, members of multiple organisations, so it's God knows what they're paying out each year. Yes, it's tax deductible, but that's not the point. Yeah. Uh, do it because it somehow makes it's like a form of therapy to them. It makes yeah. them feel special because they haven't sorted out their own bloody problems
1: properly. And that's that's the problem, you know. And I, I feel at the moment, people watching this are thinking, "God, he's just talking about negativity about therapists at the moment." I'm not because I want to balance that with the bloody good ones that are out there, mm. just like yourself, Alex. Yeah. So, uh, and other uh, and others out there. But at the end of the day, you people watching this know in their heart they know that a lot of people practicing hypnotherapy forget qualifications because, in to some degree, they're irrelevant. Mm. But a lot of people out there practicing shouldn't be doing it because they haven't sorted their issues out um, and because of that they uh, you know I think unconsciously transfer it to their to onto their client yeah they really do and and, and and it's not fair on those clients you know taking somebody's money it's like me for example if i was doing a certain if i I had a high degree of anxiety for example and i'm sitting with someone doing anxiety but i'm thinking about myself all the time it's like and i'm taking their money i would feel a fraud doing that i would feel a fraud so you know you've got to sort yourself out first before you're dealing with that person
0: i i I couldn't agree more the the way i describe it is that if you're well this is in the context i think a mental. that's one of the reasons why a lot of therapists don't charge enough uh because they don't feel that they're good enough deep down but it manifests as putting them off from charging and then they spend the time worrying about trying to get more clients uh which if they charge more they wouldn't need to get as many or if they charged more they'd have more available for a marketing budget to attract more and so on and if you're sat there and in the back of your mind, unconsciously worrying about how you're going to pay the mortgage at the end of the month, mm. Mm. how can you ethically or morally be giving 100% best to your client? Isn't it better that you've got an abundance? You know all your bills are paid. You've got no worries, yes. so that then you can concentrate on giving the client the best. You, you
1: you I when you're talking about charging, I I just got that sort of oh god right. And I'm going to be I, this interview is about being honest i really still struggle with charging a lot of money okay i do but but taking your point which is a very accurate one i'm one of those people that is fortunate not to have to worry about paying a mortgage or paying you know what i mean so i'm mm-hmm. all all right like that there's still something within me that says oh that's a bit much and and also oh Steve, be a bit kinder and let people, ha- you know, be able to afford you. I don't know what, I don't know why, but I still, and I hold my hands up, we're all fallible. It's the one big issue for me. I know I should charge 150 quid at least a session, I don't. Oh, <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? You know, and that, that is not
0: well, I mean, quantities, choice, I suppose. I mean, the fact is, I don't see that many clients face to face because i don't want to but when i do they're not paying less than 500 quid yeah i know and you see that i i think that most great. of them are referred so i can take like 100 150 quid commission and the therapist they're referred to is delighted that they're getting 350 quid cause they normally only charge 150 quid or something.
1: it's
0: an interesting one but I, I mean I, as you as you know I've
1: taken most stuff online now which is, yeah. which is great. And and I do I do have that mo- now i am in that moment where I do especially with weight loss I love people. I love being affordable. I really like that. But when it comes to face to face sessions, would I be charging five hundred I should do, but I don't. And it's well, the thing a little is- thing. But, but 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 I think yeah. it's important this to see the kind of real me, do
0: you know mm. what I mean? And that's what that's why I'm going to be transparent about that. thing is law, well, that's f- uh, fair enough. but then if say you book stuff online now, so there's programs, a large part of it's automated, or yep. there's not traveling to an office and all that kind of stuff, which means that actually from a productivity point of view, um there's only so many hours in a day you can physically see people but if yeah. a lot of it's automated you can ultimately have more clients so you yeah. can actually charge less but ultimately make more the supermarket now that, 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 that is I, think- I sell it cheap and that's what i do with my hypnosis training so i totally get you well although i do that with the hypnosis training it's weird i'll charge a premium for doing therapy but that's because it's physical it's taking up with that i'm a lazy bugger really to be honest so I, I do I do get health. where you're coming from.
1: When is your next one? I might come on it
0: again, you know. But I don't know at the moment, because we well, do well, this, we're on close. It's right? gonna go live, but for future reference, anyone watching this in years to come, it's the sixth of April 2020. And we're we're on, we're on health arrest at home. Sorry, lockdown, the calling it, <laughs> I should say. For because of this coronavirus, COVID thirteen. It's just a fancy flu. They're blowing it out of proportion, but hey we we have no choice. We have to stay at home. Um and it's hilarious actually i don't know have you looked at some of the therapist profiles oh i'm gonna pay the mortgage oh the government are only gonna give us this much are you telling me that on the predictions that in about three months hopefully we should be reasonably back to normal that you do not have enough savings to get you through the next three months because if you're one of those therapists who's posting on social media that you're panicking and I've seen one or two who've ended up, they've gone getting one of these, oh, Tesco are offering shelf stacking jobs because they're overrun at the supermarket. If you didn't have enough money there to get through three months, you seriously need to do some training in marketing, advertising, publicity and promotion. It's something that Steve does yes. through his hypnotherapist business school.
1: Yeah, and and that's where online comes, you know. This, this uh, situation has arisen. And I'm one of those people that's kind of, I didn't know it was coming but i'm in a decent position because 90 odd percent now is all online and i and i would say to all people watching this you know really give, give yourself a talking to now let this be the catalyst sort of thing to make you really think about what is it you can take online as well as delivering face-to-face client sessions because honestly There's never been a more important time and an opportunistic time to take your stuff online. And people should do. Um, And like you, I quite like sitting, if I'm on a Skype with somebody, sitting in my
0: pants. Yeah. Because nobody knows. And it's just chilled, relaxed. Exactly.
1: absolutely love it.
0: <laughs> right, what's next, Alex? <laughs> well we well, we have so many we, we we we've talked well no right to finish off on fat gnosis before we go on to the other areas, yeah what we've already covered the fact that it's very theatrical, it's very direct, it's authoritarian, it's very m- provocative, so people at home uh, if you think Frank Farrelly, provocative hypnotherapy kind of like that on acid with the a, obituary a queen element to it as well. Yeah. Um, what do you think is the key, if you have to sum it up as one key thing that people should bear in mind when they're dealing with weight loss clients?
1: Yes, I can answer that straight away, is to remember that when you're motivating someone to lose weight and manage their weight, there are two types of motivation that that one style as you you and I know which would be the pull style of motivation which is all the nice stuff you know the dresses you'll be wearing the clothes shops you'll be able to go into all of that stuff that nice stuff but there is also the push style of motivation which is motivating people away from what they don't want so you know um things things such as those health consequences Those things such as someone said to me some time ago, you know, Steve, I'm here. I'm single. I'm something like I think she was about 20 stone. Very, very overweight, very fat. Right. She said to me, who's going to look at me looking like this? And I said, my darling, at the moment, nobody or very few. And she said, that's the breath of fresh air I wanted. But it's not what you say. It's how you do it. Because to say to her, you know, at the moment, my darling, nobody pause but my god are we going to sort this out that's the difference Mm. yeah so i would be saying to people it's not all about hearts and flowers helping people to lose weight you also have to be strong
0: okay because interestingly weight uh people who are overweight are that there can be other linked issues sometimes underlying things it isn't always just about eating too much or not doing any, enough exercise or largely it is but sometimes for example child abuse or rape victims oh, and mm. sometimes that can cause them to want to effectively eat make themselves repulsive because then they feel safe for do you uh, do, Do you deal with clients that fall into those categories as well? I do some. I don't others.
1: And do you know what people have said to me in the past? They've asked me this in the past and they've said, how do you know, though? And I have to say this. I just feel it. And I could, you know, come out with all the academic theories and all of that stuff, which I'm not going to do because I just feel it in my gut. If I sit there and look uh, i just let I, I guess this is the subconscious or whatever we want to call it but i just have that gut moment am i feeling that i can turn this around mm-hmm. if i feel i can i go for it if i feel not a chance and it's too risky i'd refer on and by the way people watching this people say to, oh so fat gnosis for everybody no it's not no it's not Fat gnosis is not for everybody and you know there are other models of weight loss hypnotherapy that i would certainly say are appropriate where fat isn't sometimes as no. well you know so so i'm not one of these people that gets all protective and says oh no it can be used for anything when it can't because people are different and it depends on the person the individual what i would say though on the positive is i get so many seriously fat people saying breath of fresh air steve breath of fresh air and they don't like all this political correctness of you know uh love your love your curves and all of that sort of stuff which actually means love your fat they don't want it
0: yeah excellent so let's we'll we'll leave weight behind uh, briefly uh, and go on to some of the other areas that you, you you know you you work within pretty regularly and i know with your colleague dr sue peacock a lovely lady i met down in birmingham for the first time but then she's been on uh, other events with me since
1: she's, and, a fan.
0: she's a fan of yours well thank you she's actually she, go hello sue <laughs> um hypno-antidepressant tell us how, about that how it came about and how you, yours and <laughs> sue's combined approach is different yeah it's really interesting
1: this one this one
0: because I've
1: done fat notes and I thought, what else really fascinates me? And and depression did a bit. And and I thought, and people started saying to me, oh, you'd be really good with depressed people. And I thought, really? I was actually quite surprised. And they actually said, because there's too much, you know, when you think about helping people with depression, there's too much doom and gloom in the approach to to deal with it. So Mm. I came up with this sort of thing is, is there a gap where you can help people move forward from depression in a non-depressing way so what i meant by that what i mean by that is helping someone move forward with a facilitator that isn't head to the left nodding like a counselor again with the rug on the knees with the cat on the lap but someone that says yes life is shit at the moment and we're going to talk about that but we are going to move forward from this and in your time mr client mrs client in your own time you will carry out the things that i facilitate with you and we'll work together through it and but at the time i knew i weren't the right i I knew i had to have someone else so i thought to myself who do i know that has a very different style to me and it was dr sue who is a health psychologist and you know trained up to the hilt and so we we developed this model uh for hypnotherapists of five five kind of modules that takes people takes the learner through um understanding how to help a client what i call debug depression whether that's through practical things such as the right exercise um looking around the room and thinking what color changes can i make in the room and different things you can do on your mood and stuff like that as well as hypnotherapy hypnotherapeutic intervention so what you've got is a model that actually does not include relaxation yeah but but it includes more of you know from a hypnosis point of view a very kind of not as evangelical as hypnosis but certainly an evangelical spirit within the the hypnosis in terms of its delivery to help people move forward and to recognize that they can move forward and that they can change their perception about for example change their perception about what they should be like and should have achieved by now uh, compared to uh, uh, and therefore then accept where they're at um and i would say it's a very creative way that we do it and and the hypnosis we call mood magic for example you know okay. so um so I love it. And, and people say to me, oh, is it like fat gnosis? I would say there's an overlap, but there is a difference. So I would say the overlap is the creativity of the hypnosis and the tools. But also, also the overlap to some degree is the delivery in terms of the positive motivation. So hypno-antidepressant is helping people move forward, I guess, through motivational hypnotherapy and motivational coaching.
0: depression obviously can have different tiers um do you choose to only work with certain tiers of it or are you you know i mean do, yeah. do you use the approach also to help people come back from the brink so to speak who, who could be if, if left alone could be fast approaching no you know i mean and also what liaison do you have with the doctors yes there is if 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 a client
1: is taking um antidepressants there is always contact with the G p first mm-hmm. and obviously the 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 practitioner would wait for the GP to reply they never do uh, but we let them know in the recorded delivery that if we don't hear we'll move forward. This is only for what we would call mild to moderate depression okay. and uh, we use um I can't even remember the name of the bloody thing but we use a form that's an NHS one that Sue got so Yeah it, you can a, find
0: it on Google it's something like some PQ Yes, yeah, 20-odd questions. That's, it. That's it. And it's literally That's it. yes, no, yes, no. And at the end, yes. there's a score box and it tells you which category you fall in. Doctors use them in the surgery. It's available on Google. Tw- type in very, 20 questions, depression. And it's very basic. I've got to be
1: honest, I think it's very basic. But, but what we say is mild to moderate. So there are different what we call contraindications that the practitioner would look at first. So if there is a history of recent psychiatric illness, then obviously we would not work with a client. That presents with that, you know. You've got it's very, very ethical. And so, if if ever there is an issue, uh, you know, should I take this client? Should I not? Doctor Sue is the person that comes in, you know, and, and actually makes the decision and will say, not no, because of this reason, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's where we complement because I would say for hypnotherapy depression uh, program, she is more the clinician. I'm more of the creative rah-rah motivation to help the client really feel that they can move forward why yeah. do people what the thing is uh, the thing is why be depressed about depression well yeah that's an oxymoron isn't it I mean, I just don't, you know, you know, when I sit with somebody and and they talk to me uh, about the depression, of course, there is that part where you've got to give people space and time and you've got to be in their world and you've got to cut out everything else and be with them completely. But there comes a point where they are paying you. And this is what I believe they're paying me to really believe in them so that they believe in themselves, that they can move forward. And that's what I'm good at and that's what I find a lot of
0: clients like. So I was about I'm just gonna link these together as it were so people can get overweight for many reasons people can get depressed for many reasons yeah. putting them together people who are depressed some obviously not, not all by any means but some can turn to drugs some can turn to alcohol some turn. Ter- some can turn to food yeah it's so the bottom weight. and now they may then seek out a way of losing that weight at some point but they've not dealt with the stuff that made them feel depressed so this might have been distraction. so you deal with this but they're still underlying the issues that cause them to be depressed are there do you find that one feeds the other so to speak well i mean
1: uh, yes yeah, some, you know. sometimes there is this myth though at the moment and I have a concern that we're making mental health a bit trendy, right? Mm-hmm. Every time, for example, more and more now I talk about weight loss, straight away people are saying mental health. It's, it's because of mental health. And I think that's a bit of a dangerous way to go because you're giving people this automatic permission to label themselves as having a mental health problem. I can look at you today and say, based on my experience of 20 years helping people lose weight and manage it, that I would say 90% are too fat because they have fallen into bad habits rather than are defined as clinically depressed. Okay. And of the proportion of 90% that have fallen into bad habits, people then say to me, Are you saying some people are lazy? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Because some people are. But there's a way of telling them. Do you know what I mean? So I will say to someone that has ballooned because I believe they're lazy, I will say to them, yeah, you you, you fall into the lazy. You would rather stay in a sofa than go for a bloody walk. You know, it's how it's done. It's how it's done. But, you know, coming back to your point, do people eat sometimes when they're depressed? Yes, but not always. Mm. not always but yes you're right they they like to feed uh, and fill that gap and it's quite nice to taste the chocolate if you're feeling shit about yourself what we do what's important of course is to drive their supreme self-esteem through the roof so that they'd rather feed themselves with uh, self-esteem optimism and an elevation of that rather than eat the fridge yeah excellent But I would say to people watching this, it's really important because it it does get my goat up when people are saying to me, quite often, hypnotherapists in particular, who have no social proof that people are fat because of emotional eating. No, they're not. Not all of them. You cannot. We label too often that people have an emotional eating problem if they're too fat. No, they don't you ask, for example you asked christine drain who i've supported to lose 10 stone and mm-hmm. she she said to me, i i said it for years steve i had emotional eating problems and when she visited some therapist, i'm sorry she got fatter not with me she didn't oh. know she was told bluntly told from the heart that you're making it an excuse you're fat on excuses my darling we're gonna sort this out and she said it was the catalyst That made a loose ten stone wow and she had had a history of depression not anymore she laughs she enjoys life she can go clothes shopping now and wear what she wants and we celebrate that and i have to say i know we're on depression a bit but i'm going back is the other thing that i really encourage hypnotherapists to do is to look just relax with clients a bit so what i mean by that is you know it was like a a war had broken out a few years ago when i said with a weight loss client when they lose their weight and they i go shopping with them oh i remember this on facebook
0: oh you're getting a bit friendly with your clients aren't
1: you 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 should be doing that great breaks the ground rules i say that to anyone (laughs) right because if you think i'm not going to celebrate the success with my client then it's it it, it just well that just ain't gonna happen so i will sip champagne i will go shopping with them etc you know the time to worry is if i'm trying to do untoward to them physically and whatever you know it's just just crazy so i think we've got to modernize hypnotherapy a little bit as well in terms of ethics you know i think ethics are important of course they are you know um but we've got to just let the elastic stretch a little bit with certain things
0: well, in which case, beautiful. this isn't on the nose. It's just because of what you've just said. Yeah. So, yeah, modernising things. So, there's these boys' clubs, some of which are better than others, but they're still effectively just boys' clubs. Your National Councils for Hypnotherapy, your Philippine General Hypnotherapy registers, there's a whole bunch of them. Um, and pretty much all of them have a rule that if you're a member you're a hypnotherapist with this society or association, you're not allowed to do stage hypnosis shows.
1: Um mine, mine says that. Why?
0: I don't know. I don't know. Because it's and an say, I'll say why, can I just let me put this at you? Go on then. Without Dave Alman, who was a stage hypnotist before he was a hypnotherapist. Without the likes of Orman McGill, stage hypnotist, far more than he ever was a therapist, and yet he's held up as a therapist. Without the likes of um, Gil Boyne, again, stage hypnotist before he was ever a therapist and carried on doing stage all the time. Without the likes of Paul McKenna, stage hypnotist ultimately. Without the likes of Richard Bandler, uh, started off as a stage hypnotist in the nightclubs, so I'm reliably informed. Um I could go on and on without Neil French of the International Association of Hypnoanalysts started out as a stage hypnotist. Um, I could go on and on. There's a list and list. The major names that have actually changed the hypnotherapy industry over the years were stage hypnotists. And there's
1: one other thing I would add to that, actually. If you want, and this is a message to the audience, if you want to develop supreme confidence, in front of clients to deliver your hypnosis clinical program of support go and train on a clinical program with someone that has been a stage hypnotist because they are I generally find them much better and I don't want to bloke smoke right up your ass again but that's why I think you you do so well because you get it and you were a stage hypnotist you know And I think that we can learn. still still, still are, still are, still are. are. Yeah, still are. And we can learn so much from broadening our mind and think, this is what I did with you. Because I remember years ago, I thought, I don't like him, right? Blah, blah, blah. I thought, God, he's full of himself. (laughs) Me saying that. Then I listened and I thought, you know, and you invite me to your court. And I thought, I'm going to do this. Oh, best course I've ever been on. Absolutely. And I think that was because you had the background in stage, but also the intellect and knowledge to understand what hypnosis really was and to and to apply that in a very practical way to facilitate a positive outcome for a client. So I'd say to everybody, I, I, I think the associations are wrong on that. I think that they should loosen up about it a bit. You know, for me, ethics are Thou shalt not um, engage in sexual blah, blah with the client. Thou shalt not steal from a client. Thou shalt not physically hurt a client. All of that sort of thing. I don't think stage is an issue, you know. So I think I think we've got to modernise a little bit, you know.
0: I think personally that there are criminal laws there and civil laws normally and that ultimately ethically morally it should be it can be summed up as giving the client what they want in the fastest safest uh manner that will Mm -hmm. be long lasting for them yeah yeah um
1: And and, and there's just no relevance of whether, you know, you've been a stage hypnotist or you're still doing it. I just don't. I mean, look at Rob Temple, who trained with you. Look how well he's doing. Mm. Phenomenally well. He's great at clinical work, I'm sure of it. But my God, that's probably because he's so good at stage work as well. So I say learn from these people rather than slate them and make it all prohibited. um, Learn from them. And I I would even say, you know, and I have even said, you know, any professional organisation that says to me that, you know, I cannot do certain things that I think actually are decent and moral, then they can get stuffed. That's how it is, because we don't need them, as you say, really, anyway.
0: Now, technically speaking, well, not technically speaking, unless unless you're going to drop a bombshell on me, I I didn't know. But I'm pretty confident in stating you've never done a stage hypnosis show. In the sense of it being a stage hypnosis show, and yet I think I'd be rubbish at it. Well, yeah, and yeah, I I would well, I don't think so. But anyway, I, I would argue you probably have done stage hypnosis without it being called that and without it being presented as such. Yeah. Um, within your duties as a, a red court or blue court, the holiday camp, because what red courts blue coats do to get the holiday makers having fun and joining in and all this that the other all right it's under it's in the context of the people are on holiday and they expect to do what the red court or blue court tells them to do but the dynamics not that dissimilar to a stage hypnotist no it's not when you put it like
1: that because you're actually encouraging them to do things uh whether that's stand up applaud do do whatever you know and i and i get that um and this again comes back to the definition of what hypnosis is really uh, and i always like to keep that part really practical and simple which is the power of suggestion to influence people to do something so when i was, when i was a red coat acting like a tit on the stage getting people to jump up and down do whatever yeah arguably i i, I did yeah, yeah. Maybe I would be good at it. But I've got to be honest with you, and I'm, oh, I'm completely honest about this. I would stand on a stage if I was a stage hypnotist, and all the time I would be thinking to myself, I just don't think this is gonna work, honestly. And therefore it wouldn't. I just do not, it's not for me. It's not for me, because of that, because of that reason. I don't have a problem with it, um, as long as it's done by people that are good and know the stuff mm-hmm. like you do. But it's just not, I just wouldn't have the confidence.
0: Well, each to their own. That, that, that is another thing. You know, everyone has certain strengths and identifying them and playing to the best of your niche and your abilities yeah, is a way of becoming more successful. Don't try and be a jack-of-all-trades. What would you say about niching? For there's so many therapists, you go and look at the websites, they treat everything from A through to Z, but every right. letter of the alphabet's got 26 things listed under and It's like, what?
1: Well,
0: you know, I...
1: I, I my view is niching is the way to go, I, and I think it's great to become renowned as inverted commas an expert and also status sells. So, you know, and, and also if you want, if you if your motivation is to make money, there is much, much more potential in making money if you're a niche specialist. Um, and, that, and and I say to people, yes, do write a book. You don't have to, you know, it can be an e-book. It doesn't have to be on the shelf in Waterstones. Just write write yourself a book, get yourself a state. you know, get some PR out there, get your social proof for one condition. And then once you've established, there's nothing wrong, of course, with marrying that niche to another niche. And that's what I've done.
0: And then that gives you leverage to get media, which i've got, I've got to watch, it because it's down there as a bullet point. Yeah. We, we scraped it earlier, but for people watching what 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 you know what tips could i I know that through your hypnotherapist business school, you do have packages that go into these things in like yeah, yeah. right depth with manuals and audios and all that. Mm. But some overview tips of how people can get some attention from their local media, okay. for
1: example, right and that first thing is the key go local first is what i say to people because you're going to get more clients that way anyway yeah and then the nationals sometimes pick up on it what i would say to people is human interest story of difference so if i'm if you're a hypnotherapist in stoke yeah then and you've dealt with someone with a condition that's quite interesting and hasn't really been isn't really that publicized then I would go for a human interest story. The second thing I would do is always do the repress release for the journalist to help them not make their job hard work. Have some great photography, but then once you've done it, phone them, call them, offer an exclusive. Say, you know, I've got this story. This is the difference. I'm going to send you the details through. It's going to be for your eyes only, for your publication only for the next 24 hours. Let me know if you want it but what so that's what i would do what i wouldn't do is if you've helped a smoker stop smoking 20 fags a day do i think that's going to get news news coverage probably not because you know it's just so common but if you've helped someone overcome a phobia of um uh, going outside yeah and they've not been outside for about three or four months or six months or whatever uh
0: that's much more newsworthy much more yeah mm. How important are pictures to that? I mean, I know, I just want people to get your point of view. Uh, does it make it easier if you've got some kind of emotive picture that they can use that goes with it? Well, a picture paints a thousand words, and that's why I've been
1: dying to do a makeover for Alex William Smith for a long time. <laughs> and by the way, it doesn't mind me saying that, right? But... You no, know, we said this a few years back. We did a thing, it called is? the Royal bent. it is it's true listen it is true it's true that absolutely true that your photography is key and if you've got great photography then you are definitely gonna hook more picture paints a, a,
0: a thousand words it really does cool um next note we segue into and this is a very recent development Uh, that you've teamed up with a gentleman called Daniel James Nightingale. And uh, I know it's a subject very close to your heart. Um, I only mention this because you you don't hide it on social media. Um, Your mother um, has got dementia. Um, My gran passed with dementia a number of years ago, so I know firsthand like you lose them twice um and you've teamed up with daniel dan uh to launch this early to mid-stage dementia diploma. yeah tell us about that the science behind it and
1: stuff yeah i mean the 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 sad news now is that my mum's gone from sort of that mid-stage into a later she's going into a later stage so you know not knowing me is common not her not being able to talk is part part of it now so it, it is sad but I was determined at the time to think what can I do to bring an intervention to the forefront that could support people that have just been diagnosed but also are living with early to the mid stage of dementia now I'm not a clinical expert in this area but I was fortunate to to get to contact Don, Dr. Dan Nightingale, Daniel Nightingale, who is based in America now. He is from your part of the world, actually, Lancashire. He's from All Lancashire. right. Yeah, he's from Lancashire. Talks like you. Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of you a bit, actually. Yeah, he does. But anyway, um, so I've made contact with him. And he also is a supplier of professional service using clinical hypnotherapy and brain health coaching. To the um oh, what's it bloody called now? I'm forgetting. I write this nearly every day. Anyway, a, neuro- a neurological institute in in the states. What's it called? Re- That's going to really bug me now. Anyway, I'll put it online. Um, and and he's got great social proof. And obviously, his doctorate was in researching the application of clinical hypnosis hypnotherapy to uh-huh. helping people with with dementia. And the results of the doctorate research was incredible and and found that it helped people in a number of ways, whether that be from their self-motivation, because you can be very downbeat, through to recall of recent events, through to recall of special occasions and that sort of stuff. So, cut a long story short, we now have the very first, um, well, it is the first premier uh, diploma in applied hypnosis and brain health coaching Link is there for dementia. And do you know what? Out of everything, even fat knows this means the most to me ever. It it really does. I'm part. I'm I'm also part of his team now. So I do the sort of businessy stuff and whatever. But he's the clinician, and it's just the best achievement for me ever that I've been able to bring this together. You know, in my mum's name. To sort of say, I did something. It, it yeah. means a lot to me. So I'm really excited about it. And what, what he's going to do, at the moment, it's only available for hypnotherapists. And um, it's really interesting. Can I just say this? Because at the start, he actually said that um, people applying for the programme need to be members of a professional body. But I talked to him and he's changed his mind. He's like you now. So he agrees with you in terms of there is just no correlation between the two so that's that's great um and so there is there is this route for current hypnotherapists and there's also going to be a route for people the public who are you know appropriate members of the public to train to become one of a a dementia a nightingale dementia consultant so that will come later this year so it's a project that i've got to be honest with you alex i am loving
0: Excellent. Well I know I can see that from from posts that you bought on social media, um, especially one in particular that there was you, you put a picture up um, when you'd been to visit your mum.
1: Yeah.
0: Um and you'd literally you bought on it the fact that you just told her that I've done it, Mum, there's something there to help yes. people in future. And that, yes. you didn't type people, you could get this you could get the emotion of the post that it was like I wish we could have found this sooner. Yeah. So, well, well, we'll move on. I don't want to dwell on that because I know it brings up emotion. I
1: know, but you are, you are right. I remember that day.
0: Yeah. Um. So let's lift the spirits. Lift as- your bloody spirits up, Alex. Come on. <laughs> Indeed. Let's lift the spirits up. So, we've covered dementia the fact that hypnosis are possibilities we've covered yes. weight loss or weight management whichever you want to call it now that's an interesting one reminds me what what, what do you tend to refer to it as because there's that argument that weight loss is a negative suggestion but weight management is a positive one well
1: i've heard this lots of times that if you say weight loss people feel they're losing something and and mm. i did listen to that And I get the theory of it. I get the reasoning people would suggest that. The reality is that nearly every client I've worked with talks about weight loss. And as long as I go with that language, which I will do, I'll continue with that. So I do use weight loss. But at the same time, what's important is to make sure that you are hammering home that what they're replacing that with. So there may be a loss of something so you're dissociating a part of life, but you are replacing it with something stronger, m- much better, much more healthier, much more, um, you know, the supreme self-esteem. It's, part it, it's within that new part. So, so I do use weight loss, but I do use weight management as well.
0: Now you mentioned the word part there several times. Mm. You, are you talking in terms of using actually parts, therapy, therapy parts, integration type stuff?
1: Yes. And and, and I, I do use that. Um, I think this is an example of something that as a hypnotherapist we could make more of than it is. It's just common sense to me that if there's something in here I need to take out that's kind of holding me back, I need to put something else back in. And so when I when I work with the client, I'll always start by saying to them, what is it you want to put, me to put into your head? Because that's exactly what I'm going to do. But sometimes, quite often, I'll say, what is it you want me to take out of your head? They tell me, what is it you want me to replace it with and put into your head? And do you know what? Those two sentences, I absolutely believe, if they're delivered with confidence, these part of therapy. Mm. Because what you'll say, and I think you'll agree with this, is the suggestion is me. It's not a model really the suggestion you know when you bring it down to brass tacks i sit in front of someone if i've got a problem i want if it's hypnosis i their their level of ability to inspire me to have presence to have charisma to have conviction to have confidence that's the difference that makes the difference it's not all this blooming in my opinion it's not all this what am i doing here it's the emdr or whatever you call you know is that MDR similar like yeah um, it is yeah, EMDR. all of that you oh. know, that is just and now this is where i agree totally with you that's a ritual but it's my ability to work with that ritual confidently with charisma with conviction and at the same time showing that client as you always say that you that to get them to feel loved wanted appreciated cherished and blah blah blah, blah. the days when i don't get the results is when I'm pretty shit in myself that I've not projected the confidence I've not done the conviction you know I've not projected all that the days when I
0: get the results is when I have done mm-hmm. do you agree with that oh, I totally agree oh, um, I, I, uh, <laughs> what, what you do therapeutically it largely I think is irrelevant other than applying common sense I mean glaringly obvious don't tell someone who's there to lose weight that they're going to eat more. Common sense is (coughs) but sadly common sense isn't that common it's it's, what you do in the middle I don't believe that we as therapists do anything really other than provide a perceptively safe uh, environment or context if the person's online a contextual environment where we as the perceived authority figure expert, who, because they're paying a fee and they've seen the website and they've seen social proof that they've accepted by booking a session with us, yes. that we are the person who can help them.
1: Yeah.
0: And then we're just giving them permission to change and an excuse to change and do something they could have always done for themselves. But if they did it for themselves, uh, and suddenly lost a load of weight over a period of weeks or months and then bumped into a friend who hadn't seen them for a while and they went, oh, Tracy, you, you've lost some weight. How how's that happened? And she went, well, Sandra, it's like this. I just woke up one morning and decided to start eating less yeah. and exercising more. Well, Sandra, could, uh, her mate, could say, well, hang on, Tracy, why didn't you do that before you'd have to bitch if it was yeah. that simple, Right. <laughs> and that would make her feel bad so she may end up relapsing and start overeating again or doing less exercise to put the weight back on to be able to prove to her friends that it wasn't that easy this isn't at a conscious level it's unconscious obviously and this, Same with this the smoker. is the sort of stuff that
1: that as you describe now that i think people that are hypnotherapists and coaches whatever they need to listen to you about this and I know this well, I don't sounds arrogant. but the reason for that is this: I have, in the past, delivered models that I've been taught professionally with a nice academic underpinning and all of that to clients. I've done it. The results have been shit. I've then had many times where I've walked into a room and said, and' been very confident. You will be doing this. That's what you will do. Da, 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 da. My God, are you going to change your life? What do you want in your head? What do you want out your head? In a, da, da. Close your eyes. Da, da, da. The results have been amazing. And I'm not just people watching. I ain't just talking weight loss. I'm talking about, for example, a lady that hadn't gone out of the house for two years. Yeah. And what did I do? I didn't. I didn't do EMDR or all these fancy things. I just did that do you know what she went home she was over the moon straight out the house next week in London doing a shopping trip so I absolutely agree with you that the therapeutic intervention model whatever we call it is a ritual and that's why you should put your course on again this year you really should
0: well we'll see what happens with this COVID stuff yeah and then the also ability of getting venues also, there is that slight element, to be honest, that uh, I'm lazy. Like, I
1: know
0: you I'm are. I don't mind showing up and just doing it. It was a, it was beautiful just showing up a couple of years ago in the Birmingham. Royal event. What tell me, a tell me what? T- tell me when to walk on. I tell it's, you what that royal, the royal
1: event we did was just such a success. And I was really nervous about it because I took a lot of crap because you, <laughs> you, yes. you know what? That was OK. That was OK. I could deal with that, deal with that, blah, blah, blah. So work worked through that. But the actual event, what a success. And the feedback was phenomenal. And I had people saying to me, gosh, I can't believe how good he is. I said, I've been telling you this. Oh, my goodness. He's really good, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Oh, I didn't think of it like that, they'd say. Uh, yeah now and they they kind of got me and the Mm. feedback alex was just tremendous that's why you know you should do your two-day event every year at least two two times
0: you should well we we will see but in terms of the royal event for people who weren't there um i will put it below this video but it'll be about fourth or fifth link down because steve's stuff's at the top but you will see a link that's um i think it's hypnotismexposed.com but it'll be there where you can go and get the videos of the royal event completely free of charge there's about six and a half hours of video that'll keep even if you only watch an hour an hour and a bit a day within a week you'll have watched them all give you something to do while you're on lockdown and uh you will see steve obviously on, on on those videos as well and it's the best organised event in terms of someone else organising that I've ever done. You and Andrew did an amazing job organisationally. We really, really loved it. And we had around 100
1: people book on it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the beginning, it was so, so interesting because I had there were only a few, a handful where one or two people would say to me, I can't believe you're supporting him and all of this, that and the other, because of the ridiculous crap that people were fed. And, and, and you know, oh, I'm going, I'm going to, um, uh, I'm, not on, I'm, I'm taking myself off your mailing list, Steve, now, but I would not be threatened. I would not be threatened. It's the worst thing to do with me. I would not be threatened, I wouldn't back down. And actually, what an amazing, it's the, it's the most successful event I've ever hosted. It was brilliant.
0: You, you should be dead proud of that, sir. Uh, I, To be honest, I am incredibly proud of that, really? uh, without a doubt. Um, yeah, there's very few things where I don't go, I could have done that better or that, because I tend to. We're our own worst critics, and you don't grow without being objective. But that was the stars aligned, so to speak, on that day. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was a
1: brilliant day, brilliant
0: day. So we're getting close to the end. Uh, we have gone a bit over time, but you're worth it. Um, Thank you. We, uh, we we've covered all manner of areas. As I always say to viewers, it seems like we just have a chat on these shows. But as I know from the feedback I've got from people, they found that if you get a notepad and a pen and you watch it again, yeah, with the intention of taking notes, that you'll actually see there's been one hell of a lot. Of bullet points, ideas, and things you can actually put to use in your business. Um, you do, you just got to make a note of them and mine those diamonds and gems. So to bring things to to a close, this is the question I ask everybody at the end. Go on then. And that is, um, if if somebody imagine someone's just knocked on your door and you open the door and they go. It doesn't matter, but we'll, we'll, but we'll say it's Dave Alman's green or blue-covered book. That's it. I've just read this. That's it. That's all I've read. I've not watched any DVDs. I've not read any other books yet. I've not gone on any live courses yet. But I just know from reading this, this is something I want to learn more about. And I saw you on television the other day, Mr Miller, and um, I kind of like the fact that you were a bit outspoken there. So I thought this will be the man to ask. And the question would be... What tips would you give me in terms of um, becoming the best possible therapist I could be in terms of technique and helping the clients, but also in terms of making a business out? Of it?
1: Yeah, I would say I'd say there's num I always call it my, my C's, the letter C. Build up your build up your credibility in, in no particular order. Build up your credibility. That is your social proof. You know your evidence. I always think to yourself, someone's actually saying to 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 you as a, as a viewer, who the fuck are you anyway? How can you help me prove it? Right? Credibility is key. Um, confidence, absolutely. Work on your areas of self belief. Remembering it's okay to be fallible. I love accepting fallibility because it makes you more confident. Becoming more confident and absolutely feeding your self belief. And thirdly, I would say conviction in terms of having an opinion that you really believe in don't just fake it or you really believe in and practicing actually delivering that opinion not being afraid of having an opinion so and, and that also goes with the the way that you deliver it in terms of your communication style that's another c i'd also say consistency as well from a business point of view so many people start don't finish so for example you know you may somebody may be out there today i'm gonna be a niched Anxiety specialist a month in the clients aren't coming they give up you you've got to have that consistency, you know It takes time. So I'd say another consistent uh, is consistency. I wanted another C to make it five But I can't think of one. What I about credibility confidence conviction Consistency Anyway, that'll do charisma. Yeah charisma will throw actually charisma and effective communication on a very practical level what I mean by that is making sure what i say to people practice and perfect the drama of yourself practice and perfect the drama of yourself you know this alex anyway because you do it all the time in the training room you know the way you deliver the way you you for example that technique you do where i get it out the arm all the crap and all of that the drama of it so we weirdly i would say learn to be a bit.
0: Be be a bit more camp. A little bit camp as well at times. Yes, yes, it works. The situations where it may not, with your odd, overly insecure alpha male type who feels threatened, but generally speaking, a bit of campness makes the ladies feel safe uh, and quite often makes i always feel unthreatened
1: i always i always think that that camp what it it really means is about being flamboyant
0: Mm.
1: you know nothing wrong with that
0: not at all well thank you ever so much steve for i
1: really enjoyed it can i just ask you one thing do i look a bit fat because honestly sometimes when i come on screen i'm always conscious because my look all right don't i you look you look fine darling yes you look fine thanks thanks audience listen thanks for watching two things to finish on number one contact me about anything any questions relate to this interview All links there and also and he ain't paying me for doing this and i'm not on commission before anyone says it get on his bloody course because i tell you it's the best i've attended in the world of hypnosis there you go alex a little promo for you
0: thank you very much indeed sir thank you viewers please share this video far and wide uh, obviously on hypnosisweek.com you can see all the past episodes and we've got um more coming up soon so check out the links for steve sides below contact him thank you very much indeed and we'll see you on the next edition of hypnosis week bye for now everybody bye guys bye for now steve